part of the reason self-care is so critical is because it allows for us to draw back in that energy that we're just bleeding out to other people and things that might not be deserving of it. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Finding Fearless podcast. I am your host, Madeline Pratt, and I am here today with you for another solo episode to share with you some thoughts on a topic that is near and dear to my heart, particularly this time of the year. I am going to be talking to you all today all about self-care. I'm going to be sharing the tips that I've heard from some of the amazing women on this podcast. I'm going to be talking to you about my own self-care practices. And I'm also going to be talking about the ways in which I think that self-care has been a little commercialized, if you will, to put women in a position where they are, um, you know, buying things instead of really building resilience And so we'll be talking about all of those things on today's episode. Before we dive in, though, I want to just take a moment to thank everyone for being a part of this this journey with us over the past couple of years. We are shifting to some new formats as we move into season three and are going to be taking these opportunities to share our solo thoughts with y'all on, on, you know, a diverse array of topics. And we're going to weave those in with our previous format of the the personal interviews with with fearless founders. But one of the ways that we're going to shape some of these storytelling moments is through your feedback. So if you don't already, please go out and find and follow me and the Fearless Foundry on social media. I'm at Madeline K. Pratt. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I don't really do Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn, but you know, find me wherever you need to find me. And then for the Fearless Foundry, we are at Fearless Foundry on all the platforms possible. And so I want you to go find us, follow us, and then of course, tell us, reach out to us, DM us, comment on a post, like a podcast post that we've put up, and let us know about the sort of topics that you are burning to be able to know more about. Find us, follow us, and then tell us about the topics that you are dying to hear us talk more about you know, maybe this could be a return to a previous guest. This could be, you know, digging into something maybe more personal on my my side of the street, or it could be, you know, a business topic that you know that we talk about, share about, you know, on in some of our other forms of work, our workshops or social media posts, things like that. So if there's a topic that you are dying to hear about, we want to know from you because that helps us shape compelling content for the whole audience as we move forward. But With that said, today's topic, we are thinking all about self-care. And I wanted to start by asking you, you know, to think about like, what does self-care mean for you? And this topic came to the forefront because I was sitting down with a girlfriend of mine a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about the importance of routine, you know, and I was sharing her with her, you know, the time I put my kids to bed and what I do with the hour afterwards and, you know, the importance for my life and my health to have some semblance of structure. And she was like, girl, I have no routine. I have no self-care. I, you know, feel like I'm a crazy person running around with my kids all day. And when I go home in the evening, I get them ready for bed after dinner. And then I usually pass out with them. And sometime between, you know, 
10 and one. I haul my ass back into my own bed and I do it all over again. And I just want to say that if you are a mom and you're listening to this episode, I know that social media and parenting magazines and BuzzFeed and anybody else under the sun who is showing up and creating content in and around our lives is constantly using the term self-care to try and sell us shit. And that's not the kind of self-care I want to talk to you all about today. I want to talk about true, meaningful, deep forms of self-care and the importance of establishing practices that really allow us to be more resilient because, you know, we are like 20 months into a global pandemic and the resilience has never been more important in my opinion. And my path to self-care has been a really winding one. I'm not going to stand up on a platform and say that I'm perfect at this. I am going to be really honest about the fact that it's something I have really struggled with as a recovering work addict. And I also really didn't approach self-care with a level of seriousness until I was honestly forced to. So if you've listened to some of our previous episodes, like thinking about the one with Vintage Bee Espresso, you will know that I have struggled in the past with my health. And on paper, I'm officially diagnosed with fibromyalgia. And for those of you who are not super well-versed, fibromyalgia is kind of this generic diagnosis given to you when you have some level of chronic inflammation and you know overarching pain that doctors can't really pinpoint per se. And they can't, you know, When you get a fibromyalgia diagnosis, there's not a cure. There's a variety of meds that doctors will try and push you towards. But really, you know, the main triggers, at least in my case for fibromyalgia, are stress and caffeine and anxiety and overwhelm. And they're all kind of intermixed together because it's like the stress leads to the anxiety, which leads to the flare-ups. And ultimately, you know, I went down this path over the course of about two plus years of seeing doctors and getting blood work done and getting, you know, different scans done in order to get a diagnosis that was basically like, unless you take better care of yourself, you're going to be in pain all the time, which is super disheartening and forced me to really get serious about self-care. So what are those practices? What do they look like in my life? To be honest, I am an introvert. Most people don't realize that if they've only just seen me on content or webinars or social media, but I am actually a deeply introverted human. And so a lot of my self-care really has to do with taking the time away from people. Because when you are an introvert and you have a job where all day you are being outward facing to the world, the only way for you to kind of restore and reset from that is being able to shut the world out. And this has been a challenge because obviously I have a family that I go home to every evening and it's not like I can just be like, peace guys, bye, and hide out in my room. But it's taken a lot of really proactive conversations with my partner to make sure that he is aware of the fact that I have days where I am just fully humaned out and need to take at least an hour or so to like reset my nervous system and be in a place and space where I'm not being talked at. I'm not really being required anything from me. And I'm able to just kind of cocoon up and 
take care of myself and, and rest my brain. And so what that often looks like for me is a bath. I'm a big bath fan. And I know there's only like two, <laughs> two camps here. You're either like, ew, gross, laying around in dirty water. Or you're like, oh my God, if I didn't have a regular bath, I would, I would lose my mind. And I'm, I'm, I'm the latter category. I'm a, a big, big proponent of baths and in particular, Epsom soaks. So I, you know, I always joke with friends that I wish there was like a company that would sell me just like a hundred pound bag of Epsom salt because I am using it constantly. And, you know, an Epsom soak is just a nice hot bath with, you know, a couple cups of Epsom salt added to it. You know, maybe I might throw in a few essential oils and then I'm going to pop my ass in there for at least 20, if not 30 minutes to really allow that Epsom salt to help me detox And usually the item I bring with me is a book, but occasionally, you know, I'll listen to a podcast or watch something on, on my phone, but mostly I'm in the bath reading as my primary form of self-care. Now that is my most passive form of self-care. There are other forms of self-care that are a lot more active and took me a lot longer to learn about because again, I thought that self-care was just like, put on a face mask, like (laughs) rather than something that takes a little bit more effort, like setting healthy boundaries. So I didn't realize until maybe the past year or two that in addition to being an introvert, you know, one of the biggest drains on my energy was my lack of boundaries with people. And so I was very open to just dropping everything to let anyone, you know, hop on a call with me or, you know, allowing anybody who was interested in getting to know more about the business to reach out to me, regardless of whether or not they were really a fit for working with us. And I have just been really overly giving in the past of my time in general. And so a huge shift and transformation that I've been working on, which I have uncovered is a major form of self-care, is setting really crystal clear, firm, loving boundaries with people. And this is a really hard thing to do. I'm going to just go out on a limb and say that if you are somebody who you know, often feels like you are obligated to other people who you don't want to be giving your time to, or when people are making plans, you know, you say yes, even though you don't really want to participate in that activity, listen up because I feel you, I was you, I'm still working on this again, by no means an expert here, but this is an area I'm really trying to hone in on my life. And I really have made a shift just by starting to look inward and pause prior to making any commitments of myself and my time. And I will be honest, the other thing that has really helped me here that not everybody has available to them, but if you have the means to do so, I strongly encourage you to, is putting somebody else in control of your calendar. I no longer schedule anything myself. I have an assistant who helps me do it. And having an assistant who has stronger boundaries than you can make a world of difference in the ways that you let your days get filled up. And so for me, this process looked like really painting a picture of this is what I wish my days would look like and handing that map over to somebody else so that they could be the bouncer. They could be the gatekeeper and they could 
stop me from folding in on myself and and handing people over time, even if I didn't didn't really want to. So this is a second one that again has been a huge, huge shift for me. But I would strongly encourage you to take a look at if you're starting to feel burned out, if you're starting to feel tapped out, you know, part of the reason self-care is so critical is because it allows for us to draw back in that energy that we're just bleeding out to other people and things that might not be deserving of it. And so a really great first thing that you can do is just assess where is my energy going versus where do I want it to be going? And if you don't have enough left for yourself, setting boundaries and cutting off the things or the obligations or the people who aren't worthy of your energy can be a really, really great way to pull things back in and to take better care of yourself. Now, in that same spirit of boundaries, I want to talk about structure because I think that the biggest, most important thing when it comes to self-care is really making sure that you have a structure to your life where it is possible to take the time you need to take care of yourself. And I, again, have talked to so many mom friends who have a real lack of structure in their day-to-day life. And that makes it really hard for them to find the time to put themselves first. And I can relate to this completely. I have been through seasons where it's like my kids have run the show, like whatever obligations we've got going on for them, like that's going to take the priority. And I'm going to just have to figure out how to fit myself in between. But I really reached this point in my life and in my marriage where I was like, this is not this is not going to be sustainable. Like this is not going to work anymore for our family to just let the kids run the show. We have to put some parameters around this and build a routine that works for our family. And so part of that routine starts in the morning with who gets up, who gets to get the littlest one because he's always the first one awake, up and ready for the day, who feeds him breakfast. And I have had to find time before that for myself to get some level of physical practice. So another form of self-care for me is yoga. And I'll be honest, in this season of my life, the only time that I've been able to fit it in with some level of regularity is in the early wee hours of the morning. And so that has really shaped my routine is to start my day with a morning practice. And that allows me to not just check a box, but to really ground myself and get centered and do a little bit of physical work and meditation prior to my youngest getting up and demanding me to be his breakfast slave. And that has really helped me to get myself up, get you know my brain going, take some time for myself prior to my littlest being really demanding in terms of, of breakfast and all the other things he wants me to do, you know, the second that he wakes up for the day. And, you know, after the kids are up and Adam and things like that, I also find another window for myself because I leave my house fairly early and actually get into the office prior to anyone else showing up and being online so that I can have this like sweet, super essential moment where I start my day with a cup of tea and maybe I eat breakfast. Like I often take breakfast with me to the office and get a chance to really look out over my day so that I'm not like starting, you know, my day looking at emails at the house or you know, running through my schedule before I've even gone out the door, I really try and create space so that I can ease into the day by coming into the office a little bit earlier and having this window. Sometimes it's 15, sometimes it's 30 or 45 minutes to assess and 
kind of step into the day as opposed to just diving in the second that I get into the office to calls and things like that. So that's the other element of, of, of structure that's really essential here is like, how does your brain work best? Like, how do you need to have your day laid out? You know, maybe you're someone like me where it's like, man, if I am just going to be on calls all day, like that's really going to be a hard thing for my brain. So I want to stack them in a certain port or portion of the day so that I can be able to have deep focus time later on. You know, for me to really get anything done besides emails or like a podcast recording, like to get any sort of project-based work done, I need a good two to three hour chunk of time. And so I've really been working with, with my my schedule and my routine to shape spaces in my calendar so that I can have that available to me. And again, that I have these moments to breathe and transition from one thing to the next so that I don't feel like I'm just this like Zoom human hopping from call to call to call. The other thing from a structural perspective is when we get home for the day, like the biggest, most important thing from a parental self-care perspective has been putting a really firm bedtime in place. And I know families that even have like a seven o'clock bedtime and I admire you and I hope to be you someday. But for now, we've compromised with an 8 p.m. bedtime. And that makes a really big difference because I have about an hour after my kids go to bed to read my book, wind down, get a chance to connect with my partner, maybe watch a show with him, maybe stretch, but just have a chance for a moment to myself. And that was a really, really important shift for me because I feel like if I don't have that time, particularly on weekdays, that I'm just in service of somebody all day long from the second I get up to the second I get home to the second I go to bed. And so creating that structure and really being firm about it, that's the key thing. Being firm that bedtime is at eight, which means we have to start getting ready for bedtime around 7.30, you know, makes a world of difference in terms of my life. So structure is a form of self-care. Boundaries is a form of self-care. And then bath time is my third favorite form of self-care. What is not self-care for me, I will say, and you know, I, I hope I don't piss anyone off by saying this, but is drinking. I have reached a season in my life where I am not much of a drinker these days. And for those of you that know me, you know, I'm quite a petite person and I have gotten to a point in my life where, you know, I am pretty rare in terms of my alcohol consumption. And it's a conscious choice because of the fact that I have watched and witnessed wine be pushed on so many women as if it is a form of self-care. And I've also watched over the course of pandemic as drinking became more and more of a go-to for parents to be able to cope with the intensity of what life has served up to all of us. And this is not to shame anybody. I'm just sharing from my honest experience, but it is alcohol is something that I have had to step back from during this season to feel like I'm actually taking the best care of myself and my body. You know, I'm somebody who has to use my brain all day long. And the feeling that I was left with when I would be drinking is a feeling of fogginess. And so for me, you know, stepping back from alcohol and just making a really conscious choice in terms of the ways that I'm consuming, you know, maybe saving that only for the weekends or, you know, a time where it really feels like the right thing to do versus the easy thing to do has been a really big self-care shift for me is to drink less. Actually, 
the thing that I've replaced it with, (laughs) and I know this is going to sound super woo, but the thing that I've dialed up instead is meditation. And in particular, using a tool that we've given to all of our employees, we're big fans of the app Headspace and using, you know, my time to really focus on taking good care of my mental health. You know, I think that that's the thing is like, I noticed a pattern where I was reaching for booze as a way to kind of like take that edge off. And I found better success and better clarity and relief from meditating instead of medicating myself with, with alcohol. And so that is a big shift for me. This, this season is really trying to dial up my meditation and recognizing, you know, the benefits that come from that, from a self-care perspective. And then the other one, the last one I will leave you with is, you know, no surprise again, as an introvert, my favorite, favorite form of unplug and really reprieve is diving into a great book. I am a reader by nature. When I grew up, we did not have a television in our house. Actually, we had one in our house when I was like a toddler. But by the time I was in school, we never had a TV. We, you know, we were hip enough to like get DVDs that were played on the computer by the time I was in high school. But, you know, just plugging into TV was not a big part of my life growing up. And, you know, it's an interesting dynamic in our household now because we've got a couple of TVs and I, I definitely like to binge like the rest of them. But really... Self-care for me looks like reading a good book, cuddled up in a cozy blanket. Maybe there's a cup of tea involved. And this is a huge one, particularly during this time of the year where the weather is a little bit colder. Although when it's warmer, I love a good book on the beach as well. So those are the ways in which I am caring for myself in this season. And I want to know from you all what self-care looks like in your life these days. You know, I think in the past, we had a lot of different ways that were self-care forms that involved stepping out in the world. You know, maybe it was like going to the, the lovely spa, or maybe it was going to a retreat or a getaway or going to, you know, an event or a concert for those of you who are more extroverted than myself. And we're still living in a world and a space where a lot of those things are, you know, unsafe or off limits, you know, some events and things are coming back. But for many of us, we've really had to shift our practices to be able to show up in a different way for ourselves. And the one thing that I feel like has happened for so many of us during this pandemic season is because we are spending more time solo, we've uncovered new ways to care for ourselves you know, some people I know, uh, actually, I got got caught up in this too. It's been like caring for plants and like taking care of, you know, another living creature that doesn't require the same amount of attention as a pet or a kiddo, but, you know, also requires a level of care. And I've been joking with friends about how, you know, plant care is self-care because if you see, you know, that something else needs some water and some sunlight and some love, you might remember that you need those things too. But I would love to hear from you all. So when this episode goes out, share with me your favorite ways of taking care of yourself, of nourishing your body and your mind, of holding space. You know, maybe it's creating new rituals and routines. Maybe it's creating healthy boundaries that allow for you to have the space you need to take care of yourself. But I would love, love, love to know what has been working for you. What has been shifting for you? You know, what have you let go of to ensure that you are getting the self-care that you need? All right, y'all, 
That is today's episode about self-care. Would love to hear from you. Again, find me on social media, Madeline K. Pratt, and also the company at Fearless Foundry. When this episode goes live, comment, let us know the impact it's had on you, the things that are shifting in your self-care world, and how we can support you by creating more content that inspires you. All right. Until next week, I hope you are taking such good care of yourself and we will be back with another episode soon. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Finding Fearless podcast.